0: FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight for this Sunday edition right here with Jeff Shannon. It's uh, really fantastic to have you visiting our, our program here today. And I want to let you know that this will also be on our podcast page at whinradio.com under Sumner County Spotlight with Jeff Shannon. And you can listen to all the great episodes right there. So we got a show this morning. I wanted to invite our good friend Drew Van Huss. Now, he's a teacher over at Station Camp High School, teaches history over there, which, uh, good for you. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff to remember. He also has a a project on YouTube, and it's called After School with Mr. Van Huss. And we're going to talk about all of this. But Drew, thanks so much for for coming in. And thanks to my buddy Rick Murray for hooking us up here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And also thanks to Rick Murray. He put (laughs) me in contact with you, and uh, very appreciative for that. Yeah, you know, if he just wasn't so shy, you know, he might be all right. (laughs) I agree. I agree. He could maybe get out there, find some success. (laughs) Rick's an awesome guy. Uh, Have you been here in, in Henderson? for quite a time? or I've been here in in the Sumner County area since 2005. Okay. I actually grew up in East Tennessee in a little town called Kingsport up there. Oh, I know it. And yeah. that's where I was born and raised and came down here to college to go to MTSU in Murfreesboro. So that brought me down to Middle Tennessee in 1996, and I fell in love with it and never left. So when you
0: were at MTSU, you didn't take history.
1: I, I took a few history classes, but mostly did music business. Okay, And my original major was public relations with a recording industry emphasis. And that's kind of where I got my start. Okay, and that was 2005, you said? Yeah, well, that's when I first came here. I graduated mm-hmm. from MTSU in 2001. Okay, so and, you've seen uh, a lot of
0: changes. A lot of changes. Lot of <laughs> within changes. the music business, as uh, oh, far. Nashville,
1: you know. overall, is just a completely different place than it was in the late 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s. Mm-hmm.
0: Which like, some people will say, well, that's a good thing. Mm. And some people say, no, 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 we gotta get back, you know. <laughs> Going through, through college like that, what kind of experience did you have at MTSU? Because that's a big old place.
1: It is. It's a huge school, but Mm -hmm. my experience there was great. Being in the recording business, you know, we're right there on the doorstep of Nashville. So there were so many opportunities that that MTSU gave us. One of the first things I did to get my foot in the door of the music business was I was an artist escort at the CMA Awards. Okay. Which meant I basically followed artists around and just had to kind of be a shadow on the wall and wear radio and know where they were. And it was great because I got to just sit back and and just observe all this stuff going on around me. Yeah. So for this small town kid that had grown up in Kingsport, suddenly I'm standing there and oh, there goes Alan Jackson, there goes George Strait, there goes Tim McGraw. It, it was incredible. So did any of the reporters ask you who you were wearing? No, they didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I was hoping, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. But yeah, I mean, just being in the, just in that realm, I mean, a lot of people would really love doing it, but it's not as glamorous as you, you would really think.
1: <laughs> it's not. You know, the first day I ever did it, I'll never forget, I was assigned with Patty Loveless, who, okay. was, who was wonderful, yeah. a great musician, great singer, and she spent a lot of the afternoon on her bus, just kind of waiting for the show to start, which mm-hmm. a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. It rained all day, and I remember standing out there. Luckily, I did have an umbrella, but I was out in the pouring rain all day long, but I still thought, this is great. This is what I want to do. You know, it's kind of miserable right now, but... I'm doing something I like, so it was all right. Patty didn't open the door and say, "Drew, come on. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get have invited mart- in at all," but that was okay. Come on, she didn't know have me. a martini with me. Come on, <laughs> but yeah, a
0: lot of great experiences. So <laughs> what was uh, what's the most memorable experience that you can remember? I'm sure there's a lot of them. <laughs> one that really stuck out in, in your mind during your course of time with the CMA.
1: I think the thing that was most memorable, there was one year that I was passing out the awards at the CMA award show. And, uh, you know, if you see the artist come on stage and get it, it's usually kind of a prop or they have one award that they use for everybody. And then they come backstage and the managers will, you know, sign out their awards and everything. So I was standing back there passing out awards. And I believe it was the very first year that Keith Urban won male vocalist of the year. Mm -hmm. And I'd been a Keith Urban fan since he was with the ranch and yeah. it followed his career. And he came over there and I got to hand him his award oh. and shake his hand. Wow. And I just remember he seemed so, so joyful and so yeah. proud. And yeah. just, you know, it, it really meant something to him. And you could see that. Um, and that just always stuck with me. I'll, I'll never forget standing there and shaking his hand and getting to hand him that. And it was like, oh, you so deserve this. And it was, it was little, great to see. He's a little tiny dude he is he's not real big (laughs) but he's big oh he's big on stage man (laughs) that guy can kill it Uh, puts on one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life
0: yeah no no question about it but yeah i mean the experiences that you you get that you normally most people would never get to do Hmm. but you had to had a couple instances where you had a And there are those people out there that just you're not very nice you know (laughs) once
1: (laughs) or twice i saw that i'm I'm thankful to say i saw the good side of people more than i saw the bad side well it should be a happy time it should be absolutely
0: So during Fan Fest, mm-hmm. you know CMA Fest, and and everything that's going on down there. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's changed over the years as well. Mm-hmm.
1: You spent some time on one of the stages down there. That you, do you still do that? I do still do that. Once I I got into teaching, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. I, I got my summers off, and there was a friend of mine by the name of Chris Kennedy that I used to work with at CMA, and she was one of my former bosses and just a great mentor. And she asked me to come back one of the first years I was teaching and and work some things during CMA Fest. So there's a stage called the spotlight stage that is in the exhibit hall in the convention center. And uh, each year I go back and I host that stage and manage that stage. And I've been doing that for about four years now. We had to shut down there for a couple of years because of the pandemic. But I I do that and we move about 50 some artists across that stage in a four day period. That'll keep you busy. Oh, very busy. But it's a lot of fun.
0: Now, you're currently a teacher over at Station Camp High School uh, teaching history. How did where did the teaching aspect come in for you?
1: You know, it probably came from my mom because my mom taught kindergarten and first grade for about thirty-three years wow. before she retired. That'd be fun. That's a fun grade. Oh, there, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I give me high school any day. I, I don't know how my mom did it for so yeah, long. Right, right. But I kind of knew what it took to be a teacher because I had watched her do it for so long. I, you know, I spent some time at CMA and then I was with Lifeway for a couple of years. When the recession hit in two thousand eight, my job got deleted at Lifeway and it just completely mm. disappeared. So I thought I got to do something different. And mm-hmm. I just didn't really want to spend the rest of my life jumping from PR job to PR job. So I talked about it with my wife and decided to go back to MTSU and get my master's so I could teach. And okay. it was one of the absolute best decisions I've ever made. So how did you hook up with Dr. Dell? Um, I got, I guess I did my student teaching here. Okay. Because I lived here in Sumner County. My okay. wife grew up here and that's what originally okay. brought me right. here. And then I did my student teaching at Knox Doss and at Gallatin High School okay and spent some time there and then once i graduated i interviewed with mr crook at station camp and got on over there and i've been there ever since it's a great school oh and it's mr excellent. crook's
0: doing a great job and of course we recently just been giving him shout outs for running principal of the year with the TWSWA, and well deserved i gotta say that absolutely well deserved about it but they're they're running a great program over there and of course summer county has always been known for its great school system and we've got great folks running it, and and Scott is doing such an incredible job, which I thought would be the only choice for that job. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much experience he has here in Sumner County. So he's continuing the, the legacy and doing some great things. And,
1: and you so, can feel his love for Sumner County. Oh, yeah. And that's that's one reason I'm so proud to work here, because there are so many leaders in education here that you can just tell from first talking to them how much they love the students here and how much sure. they love this area and how they're you know doing their best to make it the best we can possibly make it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you know, teaching history goes back a long way.
0: But yes. I, I'm looking—I I have couldn't remember anything, you know. But and my my daughter, who graduated from station camps up in Austin P, right now, and she's having to take history and communications and these these kind of things. And uh, it is something that I guess everybody has a different approach when it comes to you know teaching history. And is there a, like a syllabus that you have to follow, like from the county? You have to teach history. You have to cover all of these topics.
1: There are there are some state issued standards, and we're required to teach every one of those standards okay. throughout the course of the semester to get our students ready for like the end of course test, which could include any of that information that we teach them.
0: And there's a lot of topics in there. <laughs> with a lot history. of topics. So I I thought that maybe they just picked a you know a certain era and you just taught on that, but I guess each quarter or something you're teaching <laughs> something else.
1: I know for my U.S. history class we basically start at the uh, like right around Reconstruction, right after the Civil War, and we get as close. Up to present day as possible. Good for you.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: glad you can remember that stuff. <laughs> so
0: you're kind of staying busy, and mm-hmm. you know you're jumping back into your music roots, I guess, if you will, and and your passion right there. So how did this this YouTube channel come about that you're doing?
1: You know, I've always looked for kind of new and creative ways to reach my students mm-hmm. and just anything to get their attention. The way I got the idea for this is a couple of years ago there was a movie called That Thing You Do that was a Tom Hanks' movie that mm-hmm. came out. 1996. I had showed that to some of my AP Human Geography classes, because once our AP test is over, we have a little extra time, mm-hmm. and we talk in that class about the diffusion of pop culture. And if you've ever seen that thing you do, that movie is the perfect example of the diffusion of pop culture, the way this one-hit wonder song rises the charts, and the guys get more and more famous, and so on. So I had shown that and done the assignment with it, and I'd seen where Jonathan Sheck, who played the lead singer of the Wonders in that movie, where he had relocated to Nashville. So I reached out to him and asked him if he would do a little Zoom meeting for me that I could show to my students just talking about that thing you do. And he was nice enough to do it.
0: Wow, that's great. Now you could probably get some good information on that. And of course, he, he lives here in the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. So that
1: worked out great. Absolutely. And he had a lot of fun stories to tell. And once that happened, I thought, well, that worked pretty well. And I was like, I wonder who else I could get to, you know, talk to my students and pass mm-hmm. along some advice and things of that nature. Well, we have a lot of musicians. We've got a lot of athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Got a lot
0: of songwriters. <laughs> and uh, you have a pretty good uh, source to pull from to get your talent on the on the air.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. There's, you know, there's no shortage around here of, of of creative people and people that have found a lot of great success
0: so what kind of topics do you cover when you talk I guess every individual would be different mm-hmm. but you know if they're a songwriter obviously you're going to talk about their songwriting capabilities and the things that they've done but an actor or even a, an athlete discussing their careers
1: I always try to get you know a little bit of what they're into a little bit of what they've done overall I try to focus on what their education was like okay. and I get them to Tell me what high school was like for them, and I'll hear about, you know, some of the extracurricular activities they might have been involved in and what kind of students they were. And I think that's something my students can definitely relate to. And then I will talk to them about how they got their first big break or how they got their foot in the door and just how they found their success and what they had to do to get there. Sure. Sure. And lastly, I will always ask them, what advice do they give to any high school students or just any teenagers in general that, that would be listening today?
0: Now, I don't know if you've gotten blindsided, but you, if you're talking to these folks, like, well, you know, athletes possibly had to go through college and that kind of thing, but it run into some people that didn't really go to school. Hmm. They're talented. So hmm. they come up on the podcast and say, yeah, I don't, I don't advise going to college. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need education.
1: No, don't say that. <laughs> I've hit one or two, I know, that I don't think they did go to college, but they still talked about having mentors and having teachers and just having people in their lives that, you know, showed them how to do things and kind of got them to that next step. That's
0: a good experience, and it's really good to, to reach inside of these individuals who have gotten there or are about to get there because they do have some experience to to pass along to the youngsters, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. they if they listen in and absorb it, there's there's all kinds of stories that people will tell on their road to success and how it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. <laughs> you got to work at it. It's not going to just be handed it to you and no, all that kind of thing. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about this show because I'm really fascinated about that and some of the other projects that uh, you've you've worked in and who you've associated with with this, Okay. So we're talking with uh, Drew Van Huss with Station Camp High School. We're going to be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at WHINradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at Jeff at WHINradio.com. Well, we're back this Sunday morning with another segment of Summer County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon. And it is, like we say, it's fantastic to have you visiting with us. Uh, we love that. And we're going to continue our conversation with Mr. Van Huss. He is the man on After School with Mr. Van Huss. Talking about Drew Van Hus here, a history teacher over at Station Camp High School, with an incredible story, and I think you're doing great things to try to educate kids maybe in a different way, because sometimes it takes that. You hear the same message for years, then somebody comes up and says it in a different manner. And then all of a sudden it clicks.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously it's important that we cover all the standards we're supposed to cover and we make sure they have the information that they need to go out there and, you know, live their life and go on to further education or the job market or whatever. But I think it is so important to put on top of those of those standards, just some life lessons mm-hmm. and some some experiences that other people have had that they can hopefully learn from that will lead them to more success in life and sure. hopefully let them chase their dreams a little bit. You play this in your classroom
0: yeah you, you create these and, and these shows that you have and use that as a learning tool that they can observe and listen to these individuals who have been there done that kind of situation mm-hmm. and hopefully they uh, they learn something from it
1: And I have a, a Google classroom set up that I can share these with them to where they can watch them outside of class when they have like free time or they have a couple of minutes to spare mm-hmm. um, It's something that they can kind of get on top of, of what we talk about in class and things like that
0: So some of the topics that you're getting maybe somebody's just tuning in, what kind of topics are you covering during this, this event?
1: Talk a lot of history of education. It's it's my goal on this show to interview people that have found success doing things they love. So I asked them what their education was like, what high school was like, how they got to where they are, and just hopefully hear some some good life lessons from them, and a lot of times some very entertaining stories about how they got to where they are.
0: So it's on YouTube, so if they just mm-hmm. punch in your name or just the after school with Mr. Van Huss, it should pop up.
1: If you search for that, it'll come right okay.
0: up. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to go over there (laughs) so as you continue with this kind of medium of course this is just one of the tools that you use you know for teaching them and you're teaching history you got to get pretty creative with teaching history absolutely <laughs>
1: if you just stand up there in front of the kids and throw dates at them and names it doesn't work real well but if right. you can kind of paint them a picture of what it was like and mm-hmm. you know what some of our ancestors went through to get us to where we are today that's huge
0: and some of these kids look at you and they go oh yeah you were alive back there what that was the 1700s right <laughs> yeah i was there yeah sure. yeah yeah
1: missed miss it a little bit 1800s yeah <laughs> Just last week, I was teaching about the uh, Kennedy assassination, which we're, you know, the 60th anniversary is this week. And the best thing, I had a student come into class and say, hey, I went home last night and talked to my parents about the Kennedy assassination. That means I'm doing my job right. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're interested enough to where they'll go home, talk to their mom and dad about it, you know, want to know more about it. That's how you teach. (laughs) Sure.
0: No, absolutely. Because it's, you know, such monumental occasions that happen. Mm -hmm. And I know because I was watching that. (laughs) back then so i'm old <laughs> um but you know when you, you experience that you know it is something to become such a historic event that it's going to be remembered forever you know and there's a lot of things that are going on right now that we look at now and go, well that won't be around oh mm-hmm. uh, yes it will <laughs> at some point <laughs> yeah so with this, uh, this program that you're doing, you've had to meet some pretty incredible individuals through the mm-hmm. course of this, this show. And, of course, with being with CMAs and doing everything you did with that, who was probably the one person that sticks out in your mind, I mean, other than Keith Urban, because mm-hmm. obviously that would, that really kind of impacted you the most?
1: Let's see, somebody that I met like when I was at CMA? Mm-hmm.
0: Or even during your show now.
1: During the show... I think everybody I've talked to has been lovely guests. One of my favorites was talking to Lance Smith. And most people would probably know Lance Smith here as the Titans hype guy. If you've ever been to a Tennessee Titans game, he's the guy that's on the big screen that's hyping up the crowd and playing the games and things like that. Yeah, wow. I originally knew Lance. He used to be on CMT. And he was like one of their VJs that, you know, did the top 12 countdown and things like that. So I reached out to him and talked to him. And, you know, he's had this 25 plus year career where he was a host and he's done this with the Titans. He just finished directing his first feature film and it just got distribution and that's out there. So he has done so many interesting things. Yeah, no. And I, I love the kids hearing from him because hopefully they see... You don't have to stick with one thing. You know, you can be interested in numerous things and make Mm -hmm. a career out of it. So I think that's important. I mean, some of the characters I'm looking here, uh, Mm -hmm. Hall of Famer uh, Fergie Jenkins. Fergie was amazing. (laughs) I I reached out to him kind of blindly just on Facebook to Mm -hmm. see if he would do it. And he was nice enough to sit down with me for a few minutes. I'm a big Cubs fan, so that one was really, really important to me. Sure. Hearing him tell some stories. I know he talked on the show about pitching opening day, 1967, his first— with the cubs wow i mean he talked about how he pitched all nine innings that day and they won four to two and just hearing stories like that sure. from from people who have had those great life experiences it's yeah.
0: it's awesome but i think the kids well especially if if they've heard of them mm-hmm. that's gonna go whoa you know that kind of thing where they they almost take a more of a listen to it mm-hmm. when they recognize the name and you know some of the people don't recognize you know like uh keach rainwater mm-hmm. they, Somebody I've never heard of the guy, you know, but he's the drummer for Lone Star,
1: you know, incredible
0: band. And, but you, you still get these experiences with somebody that's been in the business as long as he has.
1: Yeah, and Keech is a great guy, and he's got some amazing life experiences from from all the shows that they've played and like all the time that he spent with Lone Star. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was talking to him, you know, I pointed out uh, there was that little period, early 2000s, right after Amazed hit for them. I don't know if there was a bigger band in country music right, right there. there yeah, because they were huge they no... and just all super, super nice guys.
0: No, absolutely. But you use this this project that you're doing now as a stepping stone, I guess. that. So how did this this other project that you're now coming up on, Every Kid Has a Hero Day, what, what is that all about?
1: Every Kid is a Hero is a foundation that I started with my best friend from college, a gentleman by the name of Britt Maxwell, who's a doctor in Nashville. Okay. We both grew up reading comic books. I, I've collected comics since I was about four or five years old, still do to this day. And he came up with an idea a few years ago about making custom comics where kids could could create an avatar on the computer and Ooh. it would put them in the comic with their oh. name, their likeness and, and things of that nature. Wow. So in 2020, we turned that into an event here in Sumner County, and we mm-hmm. had our first Every Kid Is a Hero Day, and we did it based around special education students. And we had all students from all CDC classes of every Sumner County high school come to Station Camp, and they all got a comic book. And we had superhero games and a superhero <laughs> parade. My friends, the Springs, who were nice enough to do one of my after-school with Mr. Van Huss, they came and appeared that year at the Great. event. Also, it was just a blast. The pandemic hit. I think we had our first event January of 2020, okay. and then by March 13th, 2020, everything <laughs> shut down. So we had to pause for a little bit, but during that time that we paused, uh, my friend Britt turned his company into a 501c3, or a nonprofit profit organization. Okay. So we came back last year, I believe it was last October, and did another event. And this time we were able to raise money for special education teachers. So we still had the superhero games and the parade, and we still had all Sumner County CDC students, and they all got a comic book. They all were the main featured character in the comic book. And then at the end of the event, we were able to present the CDC teachers with a check for $5,000 that they Mm. could split up amongst all of them. Right. And they could use that in their classroom, however they see fit.
0: Well, and they need that. Absolutely. You know, because there's the budget's a budget, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So a lot of times they need that outside help. You know, the Hendersonville Chamber has their their golden apple grants that they do every year. And, you know, I think this past year they did like almost 40,000 dispersed to all the, the different teachers around Summer County or in Hendersonville actually, because it's the Hendersonville Chamber. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just a great program. And these the teachers really need all the help that they can. And with special education and special needs teachers. I mean, it's kind of challenging.
1: It is. I know from experience how hard it is just to be a, a general education teacher. And they have all these extra challenges put on. them. Britt and I and, and some of our other friends, we wanted to do whatever we could just to give them that extra little bit of help. Sure. You know, just say, hey, people have got your back. You know, let us do whatever we can to where you can help individual students in your classroom and have the most impact on them.
0: So how would somebody find Every Kid is a Hero Day? Do you have like a website, a f- there social is, media? you
1: just Google Every Kid is a Hero Foundation. Okay. You can find our website. We have a Facebook page, too, that you can follow there. We are planning on doing an event in Rutherford County in the spring. Um, and I'm also talking to a friend of mine back home about possibly doing one in Kingsport in the spring also. Okay. Um, and then we hope to return to Sumner County next school year and have another event here that will hopefully be even bigger and better than the previous events were.
0: That's right. Now, are you doing, other than this, I mean, are you doing any other kind of fundraisers uh, that people need to know about? Or
1: we There's a, a spot on our website Site where you can donate um, if you would like to give to the cause then that is fine okay we have another gentleman that we work with who handles a lot of our donations and he gets some corporate donations and things like that that help us out and it just lets us uh, print the comics for the kids and and do everything like that and you know still have some money left over to, to give to the teachers
0: well and our good friend of ours tammy vice hmm. is really busy busy i mean she's really busy mm-hmm. in the uh, autistic world and her daughter is autistic and just incredible the things that she does. Tammy's a singer-songwriter, so she works with her music, a a lot of this, and is really involved. But I think it just takes people to care.
1: It does. And and that's something, whenever we have these events, I get all my students involved with the event, too, because I want them to help run it. We don't really have much of a budget. Uh, The comics were written by me and my friend Britt. We have another friend named Matthew Walden, who's the illustrator. That's another friend of ours from college, and we're the creative force behind it, and we don't make any money off of it or anything Mm -hmm. but i bring my students in just to show them how to care and i tell them every year you want to think you can go out there and change the world because we live in a pretty big scary old world that's right and you can go out and change it but to change it you don't even have to change the whole entire world You just have to change the world around you. That's right. And that's kind of been my motto through every kid as a hero day is just just change it around you. Mm -hmm. And I show these other students how to go out there and it's like, let's just make a great day for all these other kids. Mm -hmm. You know, make sure they have fun, make sure they laugh and have a good time. And Mm -hmm. I think the C D C students, the general ed students, they all come away at the end of the day, you know, with memories that are gonna impact them and are gonna last for a long time.
0: Well I tell you, dealing with comic books, let me tell you. Those things can be pretty expensive. They can. There's some collectors that will spend some serious money on that stuff.
1: Yeah, And a, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at this point in time, I've got, I think I'm over 25000 in my collection at home um, huh. because I've been buying since I was like four or five years old when my parents first started buying them for me.
0: Well, I know our, our buddy Chris Dyer down downtown Gallatin, yes. you know, with his Comic-Con. Look, I was looking at some of those comic books, and they were selling for some crazy money.
1: Yeah, some but of those people, old ones especially. Yeah, real, yeah. real.
0: But I like this fact that you're taking the, the kids mm-hmm. and putting them in the comic book. Yes. software is incredible. Oh, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the,
1: the way they've designed it, and this has kind of been Britt's part of it, and he's been behind a lot of this, but the way he got it set up to where he can make it look like the students. And... <laughs> For special education students, if they're in a wheelchair, we can put a wheelchair in there. Mm-hmm. If they have you know, some type of earpiece they have to wear, we can put that earpiece on there. Whatever they have that makes them them, we can put that in the comic book to where wow. it, it looks just like them. And mm-hmm. they get to be the hero.
0: Well, I think it's an incredible thing that you're doing with that. And, and what, a, what a great vision. An inspiration that you must have had to take that on because that's it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs>
1: not at all, but it's it's been so fun, and I love it when we do the events, and it just makes for such a fun day. And I think I got a lot of that inspiration uh, both Britt and I both just from reading those comics as a kid <laughs> and reading about Batman and Spider Man, and you know just seeing how they help people. It's what I wanted to do as a kid, so it's it's nice to do it now.
0: So you weren't a Sheldon Cooper, right, no, pretty
1: close. <laughs> I was probably more like Leonard than I was Sheldon. There you go when it came down to it yeah (laughs) because you
0: you, you get people they know those comics man oh they they know them well that's i mean that's amazing well you're having fun doing what you're doing keep doing what you're doing because the kids are apparently loving it you got this great uh, program after school with mr van huss you can find that on youtube and just search it it's going to pop up there of course we've been talking about drew van huss history teacher over at station camp high school doing some great things for the kids and thank you so much for doing what you do Uh, just keep doing it well
1: it's my pleasure and i thank you so much for having me in to speak today.
0: And I'll uh, give a big shout out to Rick Murray. Well,
1: (laughs) absolutely. All
0: right. That's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. Stick around. We have more coming your way right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon. we got another Sunday going on, uh, just filled with information and just great things happening right here in our community. And one of those things is what goes on in downtown Gallatin. People wonder, what is going on down here? I've got the main person, and she can tell you everything that's going on downtown. I'm talking about Donna Belote right here. She's with the Historic Downtown Gallatin Foundation. organization organization Mm -hmm. and what a big organization you have taken on all these events to promote downtown gallatin
2: yes we have and it has been over time but yes we have added on and added on to where we have several large events that really bring a lot of people to downtown.
0: You're from Ohio. Yes. What brought you here to Gallatin?
2: Uh, my parents, I'm originally from Akron, Cleveland area. My parents retired and moved down here to my grandparents' farm. Okay. When they did, probably a year later, I just needed to get out of that area <laughs> and uh, decided to move down with mom and dad. No, I was in my early 20s at the time. So Came that's down. a couple of years ago then. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, was was long, long ago. ago. <laughs> I've just been busy. <laughs>
0: Well, and you and you do stay busy, mm-hmm. and so what have you done over these years?
2: Uh, the, the first thing that, that we really took on was redoing the Palace Theater. Oh, okay. And that was, that's the oldest silent movie theater in the state of Tennessee. Right, I did uh, see that. That's, yes, that was very impressive. Yes, with, it's very open in 1913, close to 77, a whole lot of history. But it had been bought at auction by Sonny and Johnny Garrett for $20,000, the palace and my office, which adjoins it, and was slated for demolition. From what I understand, put in a parking lot. Though I have, they have not confirmed that, but I have heard that. But anyways, I talked them into the year I was hired in '93. I talked them into donating it to us, okay, to our organization because we are a nonprofit and we can write grants Mm -hmm. and bring it back to what it used to be, which was a movie house.
0: Right now, were those other buildings uh, around there? Are they that old as well? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it looks, it has a, a, a historic feel down there. Oh,
2: the whole downtown. Yeah, does. it really absolutely. does. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: And I think people like to go down there and you just walk up and down the sidewalks and see the, some of the shops and things like that. But then you run up to the palace thing and you go, Whoa. Yeah. Whole, this, it's this a lot of looks, looks historic. <laughs>
2: yes. And to, to come in, you know, if we have an event down there, it's even, it's even better to see the inside mm-hmm. of it. The inside of it, in my opinion, is absolutely beautiful. Back
0: when it was showing movies, mm-hmm. I mean, the silent films, I mm-hmm. guess. And so that, was in existence for probably many years
2: it was it opened in 13 Mm -hmm. 1913 closed in 77 i think electricity was put in around the 30s or 40s whenever i don't remember when it was but and it it closed in 77 it sat empty until mr roth passed away which i believe was like maybe 92 91 92 so it was just empty from during that time
0: so you had to do a lot of work to that place
2: Yes. That was, uh, and it was also my office, which he owned, Mr. Roth owned both the buildings. Okay. When we actually took possession of them again, I didn't, being not from here, I didn't know what the theater was. Mm -hmm. I strictly wanted to, and I've told people this, I wanted to leave my name on something. So that if I ever had grandkids, my grandkids could say, do you remember when? Well, now both my granddaughters work for me. So... It, they were in such bad shape. The roofs had fallen in. The floors had fallen in. It took us months. My husband and I went up there on weekends and pulled stuff out. The city dropped off trailers for us, filled up the trailers. Okay. And then the city came back on Monday and dumped them.
0: So that's not part of any of the city at all. This is yours. We own this. Yes. Okay. Downtown Gallatin. Owns all right. It. Now, do you ha- did, is there like a downtown merchants association or is this
2: there addition? There is. There to that? used to be more. A a solid Merchants Association. And just over the years with Merchants Changing... Things Mm kind of shifting a little bit downtown. I mean, we meet maybe twice a month, twice a year with them. But as far as an actual association, no, not Mm -hmm. right now.
0: Well, it's a lot of work. Just maintaining these old buildings, for one thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to stay on top of it uh, constantly. Yes. When you were renovating and going through all of that, I'm sure the other merchants had to want to hug your neck.
2: Well, (laughs) and they're probably... I'm sure there was a lot of excitement, but this was back in 93. I mean, we started in January of 94, and we opened in 2000. During that time, the downtown was not nearly as vibrant as it is Mm -hmm. now. There were several several empty buildings. So, though there was a a lot of excitement in the community, because people wanted the theater back, as far as being actually downtown. They were happy about it, the few that were there. Mm -hmm. But... It wasn't, it, it's not nearly as robust as it is now.
0: Sure. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, and we, I guess, moved here in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw the palace, I mean, not long after that, just, you know, something was going on downtown. We went, went down there for something. But they do have a, a lot of events going on. You know mm-hmm. downtown, they call it the square. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> and, is, yeah. And now the new courthouse is going in, and, yes. But the the old courthouse is still going to stay there.
2: Though it is, but I have no idea what's what its future what, looks okay. like. I have I have heard different stories over the last year or so, and as far as anything different, I haven't heard. And that
0: building's kind of old, too. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, one of those, Mm -hmm. you look at it, whoa, that thing's been around. Yeah, yep, yep.
2: And I don't know the dates on it, but I know it is historic.
0: Well, it is something that people enjoy going to, Mm -hmm. and you have several events, and we're going to be talking about that later, but so what got you, like, inspired to do something like this?
2: I I honestly couldn't tell you. (laughs) I honestly, I did not know, I am not a grant writer. I came from, I was administrator assistant at a private school in town I'm not a grant writer I'm definitely not a um, well I am a little bit more now but Mm -hmm. at the time not a historian Mm -hmm. definitely was not into refurbishing renovation work (laughs) it was just something where I said hey let's do this and all of a sudden it just started to happen I mean a grant was written in 96 I think through it was federal grant drop down through TDOT and I wrote it just on a whim and I ended up getting it. And it was for three hundred and sixty something thousand dollars. Wow. Which got nice. us prior to that we did the normal little fundraisers that everybody has Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. we got about seventy-five thousand dollars total and the building had to be secured the floors needed shored up we need to put some i-beams in the ceiling or you know in the roof Mm -hmm. so but when the public does not see things being done the public will quit giving and that was you know that was exactly what we went through until that grant in
0: its uh, infancy i guess Mm -hmm. of you taking it over Mm -hmm. what kind of things did you have going on in there
2: after it opened yes right after it opened we We were able to get first-run movies. Okay. So one of the first, I think it was the second week we were open, we got Perfect Storm, which was a new release at the time. We were able to do that. I could book out six or seven weeks at a time, and I made flyers up, and we put them in front of the, you know, in a box on the front of the theater, and people... Regularly drove by. Somebody jumped out, grabbed one of the flyers, got back in the car, and left. Yeah. Um, we had an answering machine that had our thing, and we showed five shows a weekend: two on Friday, two on Saturday, and one on Sunday. So,
0: what were the tickets back then?
2: Four and two. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, four and two, and and that went on for years. Now, when we opened in 2000, we were about a hundred thousand dollars in debt, not realizing that the grant would not. The grant was supposed to pay for just. Saving the building. Okay. I had included the seats in there, but I, that kind of got through, it got slipped in. They mm-hmm. okayed it, so they had to do it, but it wasn't supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. They didn't cover our projector, they didn't cover our curtains, they didn't cover the stage anything that was aesthetic for the building, they wouldn't take care of. So there was a lot of money that we had to invest, which we did, $90,000, $100,000 in debt. But within the time that we opened in 2000 to the time NCG opened, we were able to pay everything off and put some money away. Well, I mean, that's that's great. And then NCG came in. Well, at
0: at those prices, I mean, you got got to have a lot of a lot of people in the seats you know oh, yeah
2: but we flipped them over i mean that's great you know i mean we they every show it was yeah. every show
0: well you go to the theaters now and you got to take out a second mortgage by the time you get done and yeah, we but. still
2: keep them cheap <laughs> you know like we have uh and one thing that was kind of funny and i don't mean this to go against anybody but during the summer they have the summer kids yeah sh- show okay yeah where it's free to get in but you have to buy concessions right or tickets are a dollar but you have to buy concessions my daughter took my two granddaughters and said, God mom, it's still forty bucks in concessions. So we got everything underwritten because we are a nonprofit, right. our copyright fees. And we did four dollars. Now it's up to five dollars right. admission and that includes your concessions.
0: Well a lot of people don't realize when you say when you get the book these movies, you have to pay them you pay to be able to show it. Yes. So that's not necessarily cheap.
2: Um it's not, but it's not real. See we are not anymore since everything shifted when N C G came in. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be outside Of five miles to your closest cineplex to be able to show first run movies. I think we're like 4.3 miles. Anyways, we went, we became an event venue. Okay. So we do things a little bit different now. And copyrights can go anywhere from two hundred up to I think the most over page three seventy five. Okay.
0: So not not bad. It's not bad. You can recover that pretty quickly. Yes. And but I'm, you you hold a lot of events at the palace. We do. Yeah. So people mm-hmm. can if they have a unique thing they want to do, they need a stage. Right. They need whatever. I mean you've yes. got got the venue right and there. And we
2: have every, you know, we have a little bit of everything come and we have, you know, concerts. We've had some plays. Now
0: do you guys have liquor license there?
2: No, we don't. No. Mm -mm. So
0: no beer and wine, nothing like that. Not right now. I think that's
2: going to come in the picture next year, but not right now. All
0: right. Because I know how hard that is to get. (laughs) Yeah. And what you have to go through. It's uh, not fun for sure. Yeah. Have you ever thought, bringing back one of the silent movies? Um, I'm sure it's been brought up.
2: It has. And at one time, when I really thought about it, we were showing, it was when we were showing new releases, okay. and it was 35 millimeter films. Wow. So you have to, at the time, we would have had to ship the cans in from San Francisco okay. now or Los Angeles, wherever they were. People can say, and I found this, like people said, why don't you have a Western Weekend? Well, okay, let's do it. Let's try a Western. We'd mm-hmm. have to pay to have these cans brought in with yeah. this film, and then God, I was out of town that weekend, or I wish I'd known, or and it ended up we take a hit for it. Yeah. So I kind of draw, I kind of pulled back from there. Now we have old movies. We're having The Scrooge. We're doing It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And it's free you know yeah. things like that so it just but as far as doing a silent movie now
0: well downtown right now is got to be uh, really kind of getting excited because the holidays come and they get holidays. to decorate it's
2: a big time yeah it's a big time and we're working on the theater yeah well, and my it's... office both yeah it's a big time for us for the merchants
0: yeah it's it got to be a lot of work to keep up with that sign out there because that's a big old sign you got
2: i tell you the sign i'll tell you the story (laughs) with the sign in 19 in 2013 i went to a conference in ripley and this is just how this goes i went to a concert to a conference ripley i didn't want to go i was kind of pressured by the state main street director you have to it was winter donna everybody's backing out the usda state director obama appointed was our guest speaker so i said okay i'll go All right. He did. There was 10 people that showed up. He did his little presentation. Anybody have any questions? And I raised my hand. And I said, we've got this little movie theater, oldest in the state. We're going to have to close in January because the industry is not making 35 millimeter films anymore. And I said, we cannot afford to buy a digital projector. That was just the shift in the industry at the time. They wanted surround sound and digital projectors. You couldn't show the films. And he asked me questions. Then he said, do you know your USDA rep? Which I told him I did. And he said, you call her and tell her I said to fund your organization so we got sixty-eight thousand for projector okay as they were leaving from final inspection yeah. they said you need anything else and i said the sign
0: as a matter of fact i
2: need the sign done and they said i said do you have any money for it this year and they said no it'll be the next the next go around okay and i said well let me know we'll put you on the list you know we were using the sign that was there was the original wiring i mean wow. it was like when it rained we'd have to go up on the awning and hit it to make it blink it was <laughs> It was primitive. Wow! She called me that Friday and said, "You get your grant written for the sign." And of course, I told her, "Yeah, no, I didn't." And she said, "Get it to me Monday, and we'll fund it." So we had—I have pictures of it coming down. You know, went over yeah. to a sign guy and did it. I'm sure you
0: got plenty of stories, and we're going to take a break real quick, and we're going to find out more of those because it's—I think it's fascinating when you <laughs> get all this history down here. Okay. Of course, we're talking about Donna Belote here, the Historic Downtown gallatin Association. So we're going to talk with her more right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumter County Spotlight. I am your host, Jeff Shannon, uh, each and every Sunday morning right here at 10 o'clock at WHIN on our podcast page. It's going to drop at noon, and it's up there for, well, pretty much all time. So you can go back and listen and listen to all these great episodes. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Donna Belote, and she is, would I, you could be the founder and no, present
2: uh, Director, just director. Director, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm.
0: of the Historic Downtown Gallatin Association, mm-hmm. doing some great things down there. And, you know, through the course of the years, just like with the, with the sign that you had to go through you have to have some incredible stories of things you've had to go through and people that you've met along the way
2: um and it's something that you um i one thing i i'm not afraid to ask <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i it. have just learned that and all you can do is tell me no and mm-hmm. i'm that's absolutely fine and it's so i mean when you get to the point with projects where you have to see it through you have to that's where you have to go
0: there's a lot of stuff that needed to be done inside
2: yes there was a, there was a lot of stuff
0: yeah a lot of stuff. Did you have to replace all the seats?
2: We replaced the seats on the front end. And one thing I can tell you about replacing <laughs> those seats that, without naming names. I did not know anything when I wrote that $300, $360,000 grant. I don't know anything about the funding. I don't know what lumber cost. I don't know any of that. So I went to an architect that was also very interested in the project and said, would you do this end of it for me? "Sure, Sure. No problem. So I turned it in. I received it. We got the seats were included for I believe twelve or fourteen thousand dollars is what he put in there for seats. We shipped the seats off to Irwin, Canada and I turned, Mm -hmm. you know, did our deposit, put it in for reimbursement, and the state called me and said, We can't do your seats. All right, the difference was the seats were gonna be about forty two thousand. Mm. enormous difference in price
0: now were they new seats or are no, they, they revamping just revamping mm-hmm. them okay yes. so it's still historic oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah you yeah. don't
2: want to yeah it had to be everything had to be by the department and of course
0: the you know over the years there's been probably some pretty famous butts of sitting those
2: chairs i would say yeah absolutely. i don't know who they are but i would say <laughs> yeah. our architect came over one day and i said listen what were you thinking like you really missed the you missed it with this twelve thousand, forty two thousand. i mean that's mm-hmm. huge. I don't know where we're going to come up with that money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what his response was, I didn't think you'd get the grant.
0: <laughs> you don't know who you're dealing with. <laughs> you don't know.
2: And, you know, and that was that is the truth. We kind of dropped, we stepped back and we raised the difference in that funding through selling or having people sponsor seats for $200. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and we ended up coming up with the money. Wow. Coming you've up with you've the just difference.
0: been a, a go getter with this thing. You huh? have
2: to. There wasn't any choice. Yeah, there had wasn't. I had, I had to see it through. I had well, to see it through.
0: So, I guess over the course of the years, you've become, a, well, let's call you a grant writing expert.
2: <laughs> you, I know, I've, I've written a lot of grants <laughs> i have written a lot of grants
0: and, and that's that's an art
2: form in itself because you have to know where, yeah. yeah and i've thought about when i retire mm-hmm. continuing with that i don't know where that came from jeff i really it was something i picked up i've written many grants i've received the only one i have just recently been turned down for a grant i think that's the only one i got turned down for
0: they do not know who they're messing with.
2: I right. get it. <laughs> hey, I get it. There's round two. That's, don't think I'll back up. <laughs>
0: I, I know you won't.
2: No, I won't. I won't
0: so yeah but having you know these grants to to help out and of course the community i think is really behind the gallatin community really comes together especially with the historic nature of the whole downtown area well
2: they do and there's also with that theater there's a lot of people who you know husband and wife dated in high school in that theater Mm -hmm. lots of memories even in the process in the very early stages of this it was kind of amazing how many people, how you know, people were very, very receptive to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I tell people there was about five or six years there where people knew if you stood still and I was walking towards you, they'd turn around and walk away because oh. I was going to ask you for money. I mean, I, I, you know, five bucks is five yeah. bucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it was done by the community, and I feel very strongly about that. I think it's one. One of the fighting points of keeping our prices down. We don't have overhead, we don't have any debt with it. It was done by the community, and I want the community to. Uh, be able to afford to enjoy it no
0: absolutely and you're involved in other things going on down in the square and the downtown area
2: i am um we have our festivals square fest is last saturday in april annually and our main street festival is the first saturday in october Mm -hmm. and both of those we started square fest from the ground up main street festival was given to us probably Twenty twenty-five years ago, the chamber gave it to us, mm. and it's kind of funny because I remember it then. They didn't close the streets; they put five mile an hour speed signs up, oh, and it was on the sidewalk. <laughs> Don't so do that think, these days. <laughs> yeah, I think ma- I think the mailing list for it was like thirty-five people. So, wow. you know, we now have well over two hundred vendors for each one of those events, mm-hmm. and. Tens of thousands of people come downtown. It's a big money day for the merchants, which is what it's all about to me. So
0: when did you start the third Thursdays?
2: And there's third Thursdays. Yeah. Third Thursdays were right after, and it was called Sip, Supper, and Song for two years. Maybe one, two, no, it was one year. It was right after our beautification the streetscape mm-hmm. and the square roads had been torn up for the better part of a year. Wow. Joanne Graves at the time was our mayor. We went into a meeting. The chamber was involved. I was involved. Joanne, a couple other people. And talking about how can we bring business, bring the people downtown just for businesses to help Mm -hmm. them give them a boost financially so we started this event it took off Joanne did it for I don't know two or three months and then turned it over just she called me one day I will not (laughs) forget it and said you know you'll protect the integrity we didn't want it all over Gallatin this was strictly for the merchants and we just ran with it and State Farms stepped in as our lead sponsor so now it's just this is the first year we had two food trucks come in we have never allowed we didn't want it to be a festival. Right. You know. So Swanies is
0: open, all the merchants are open during this, They're right? all open.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't and I only brought in food trucks that would not compete with the vendors. That's right. With yeah. or
0: with the merchants. And you've had some pretty impressive artists down there.
2: We have. We've yeah, had some good
0: ones. Yeah, our Chapel Heart. Now, Chapel those Chapel Heart those was girls are amazing. Phenomenal. Wow. Yeah,
2: Chapel Heart was awesome. That was this year. This past year, we had Daryl Worley, I yeah. think last year. I mean, we've had some real good talent so if we
0: could just uh corral that uh, chase matthews guy
2: yeah chase we, matthews we just know. he said no
0: we're gonna work on that
2: i'll work with yeah you work on him <laughs> we'll both one that's, that yeah, yeah we'll take yeah. care of that yeah we'd <laughs> well, love to have him she
0: loves her baby that's for sure yes she so. does
2: and she's i remember when years ago i remember seeing him around down
0: there. that's right speaking of chapel Hart, now they're coming back is that right
2: they are coming yeah. to the palace December first, this was something they're going to do our tree lighting. Okay, sing a couple songs of the tree lighting around five, and then they're going to do a concert in the theater. And the concert they had tickets on sale. Everything was going well, and last week they decided to refund everybody's money, and it was a free event.
0: Wait, wait what? Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: the same thing I said, <laughs> wow. and I had to check because I thought this is a scam. These people are going to get because that yeah, happens yeah, yeah. with tickets on online. But I called and confirmed it, and of course now it's full. You know, the theater's full, but it it's going to be a big night. I mean, they are just... Just awesome.
0: Well, if you happen to need an MC, I know a guy. You know a guy? I know a guy. You know
2: a guy that has an MC voice? (laughs) I got it.
0: Yeah. And I I loved it. I just did an event down there for Amping Up for Kids Mm -hmm. with Wynette Turner and a great organization they have. Oh, uh, they do. But it was just, it was an eerie feeling being on that stage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because of the historic, you just feel it. Yeah. You know, not like the Ryman when you're in the circle, but because that has a whole different meaning, but just being on a historic stage like that. And it's very
2: artists love to perform there mm-hmm. because you know amazing rhythm aces has been there uh, guy clark has been there several people yeah. during that time there was a time years ago that they all came and one thing they loved about that theater is it's quaint it's personable you mm-hmm. can literally see your audience see their eyes yeah it's not something small the acoustics in it are phenomenal mm-hmm. amazing rhythm aces called and wanted to come back did they yeah That's i mean great. they just i don't know if you're if you're familiar oh, yeah, with them yeah. they were there's they had their day but yeah uh, had a really we've had a really good group of artists come in down there
0: well i had recently i mean john barry was there john john, john, been john there. ford coley buddy oh, yes. jewel i mean yes great uh, and john barry
2: has, has done his christmas concerts numerous years
0: mm-hmm. he, and i told him when i last talked to him i said man you have the the most beautiful vibrato. Oh, I mean, his it's incredible. I would listen to that song over and over again that, mm-hmm. that he's, he's putting out, and he's doing his Christmas tour now, and just, uh, he's staying busy, so yeah, that's good. Yeah,
2: he's, he's phenomenal. We miss him coming. He don't, they don't do it there anymore. So with
0: the, coming up on the first with Chapel Heart coming mm-hmm. down there, it, it's pretty much sold out.
2: It, it is. The it, tickets are gone. Yeah, all the seats are gone. <laughs> yeah, all the seats are gone. And you don't have a, do you have a balcony up above? We do, but it's yeah. not open to the public.
0: Okay, all right. So the the, projector's up That's there. Where the That's projector is up there. That's about it. Okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's just it's great that you're continuing that. Now, what thinking about it right now? Mm-hmm. You you have a vision of the future mm-hmm. for this building. Mm-hmm. You're making some changes. You know, you're yeah. getting to the point where time to move I on. Did my duty. Yes. But how can you release? You won't be able to release it. It's in your blood. It's good. Yeah. To,
2: I tell you Where, <laughs> where I've kind of. Uh, was not intentional, but it has been me for 30 years. So the way the theater was restored, who installed the projector, there are certain things in that theater that nobody knows except Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. No, it's not that I want to keep them, but I do I mean, I want to work part-time somewhere. I've worked all my life, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure not going to stop. They can
0: hire you as a consultant.
2: Well, that's what, that's kind of where it's going. They've asked me to be on the board, which I would do, and I would also I will have to be available to them, and I want to be available to them, because I I want it to be successful, you know, wherever it goes.
0: So maybe we put that term emeritus after your name. Yes, <laughs> yes. That sounds very royal. Yes,
2: that's what I think. Which
0: it should. Yes. Yeah. Well,
2: well, thank you. But it, it, the theater will be fine. It'll move on. We. I just want to make sure that information is given to the right person and to somebody's going to take care of it and love it as much as I did right. or close to it.
0: Well, I'm sure there's a lot of passionate people in there would would want to take that. Gosh, you laid the groundwork for all these years. It's just a a matter of just getting in there and and keeping this thing rolling, because uh, at this stage, it can't go away.
2: No, it can't. It it Honestly, I think the community, if they saw, and I'm sure it would be in the paper and on the new, or on you know your radio station stuff, is something were to happen to mm-hmm. it, it there the public would. Oh, the, absolutely! You know, the public would be. Well, upset. you know,
0: keeping things in the news, and recently you've just got this big award.
2: Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, <laughs> totally unexpected, and if you know me, it's totally not me. I got the Citizen of the Year Award, Gallatin News, and very much so an honor. Never thought this. You know, that day I walked in there, I didn't think this is what it was going to be about, but I'm very honored. Well, you should. I'm very proud. Yeah. I didn't realize, I think I told you this earlier. The newspaper had come in to interview me, I don't know, the week before this. Again, it wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. They totally caught me off guard. (laughs) And I was kind of, you know, okay, come in and interview me, and she wanted to interview me about changes that have taken place downtown in the last 30 years which that was legit yeah and i was talking to her about my story and about what has happened in the last 30 years and what all has transpired and things that i have made happen i never realized it i never realized the magnitude Mm And like i told you earlier you sit and start rowing a boat and you start putting things in there that's right and you don't realize what else in your boat until you go to unload right and and that's really where i am if a grant came along that i thought we could use if i needed a grant for a particular i just did it with usda Mm -hmm. we needed led lights and we needed curtains sure and fifty four thousand dollars i wrote it i mean it's just well
0: they're gonna miss you
2: (laughs) yeah i don't know yeah i don't know but with i come with headaches too but um but i i just never realized I just never realized the magnitude of what I did. Well,
0: I'm Gallatin is pleased that you have come along. I can tell you that all of Middle thank Tennessee you. because it's such a, a great thing that you've done with this, and I appreciate you so very much. Thank you. Uh, thank and, you. you. know, and and I hope you stay on on the board and and help them guide them because they need be that. Around. They need that history. Yeah. You know, I'll be around. So, I'll be around, well, I'm we've sure. been talking with Donna Belote right here with the Historic Downtown Gallatin Association. Donna has just been wonderful to come in and spend a little time talking with us. So, mm-hmm. thank you so much.
2: Thank Thank you. All
0: right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this Sumner County Spotlight. Join us again next week, 10 o'clock, right here at WHIN. This is Jeff Shannon saying, so long. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.